Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in from wherever you are in the United States and around the world. If you are new to the show, I'd like to extend a warm welcome, and I would also like to invite you to join our large audience and our community of co-creation and spiritual support. We are dedicated to helping you cultivate peace in your life through self-awareness, and we offer something for everyone. I am a psychic medium, advanced energetic healer, spiritual teacher, and channel for Jesus, and I work with others in the divine. Featured monthly segments include A Course in Miracles virtual class with the co-president of the Foundation for Inner Peace, Robert Rosenthal, MD, as well as energetic healing segments where you can call in for free long-distance healing. And today's segment is the latest installment in our Masterclass educational series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil. My special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, joins me today to share her perspective on the chosen topic. Danielle has served as full-body channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother, in her distinct voice, to share universal truths and lend guidance to the human journey. After our discussion, Mother will come through to offer her divine wisdom on the subject. Danielle is the author of Mother Mary's Pathway to Love and has connected people worldwide with Mother's love and grace through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events to inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness. To learn more or to connect, visit BelovedPublications.com. If you would like to explore more of Mother's teachings, you can review the audio and video archive I've created on my website, SpiritualInsightsRadio.com, where you'll find direct links to their bi-weekly YouTube videos and regular appearances on other shows such as Conscious Talk Radio. So you will find an array of topics, and a lot of these topics are very helpful, especially uh, if you are listening to this in the year 2019. But join me in welcoming Danielle back to the show. Hello, Danielle. Here we are again. Hey, Charlotte. It's so wonderful to be here with you, as always. Yes. It came around quick. It always does. I know. I know. It's so true. It's so true. It's like there's this... Like, oh, it's over. I have to wait four weeks. And the next thing you know, it's, oh, it's here. So I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly true. I Every time we're done, I think, oh, gosh, you know, months is such a long time. And then, yeah, I turn around and it's time to do the show again. So time, uh, time is uh, is like taffy, I think, you know, <laughs> just stretches and Pulls yes. and distorts in the strangest of ways. 
it does. Yes, it stretches like taffy. And so the topic that was chosen for today is being one's authentic self with a byline of letting your divinity shine through. That's interesting because I wanted to ask you how you're doing with the shifts and any observations you've made that you would like to share with me and with all of us. Well, I have to say I am still in it. Like I know that I'm going through a very profound shift right now in my life, and it's been, I'm going to say, like the last, um, gosh, I want to say the last few years, I'm on this kind of wave of shifting. And I, in those last few years, I definitely have like clusters of months where it feels like I can feel the shift inside. I can feel parts of myself emerging. Um, it's really astounding. Um, and I definitely mm-hmm. feel like I'm in one of those clusters right now. Uh, and the overall sort of arc of, or the overall theme of this shift in the last few years has very, very much been about um, letting my authentic self be, you know, letting me be me. It's, you know, it's so simple, and uh, but for me, it has been somewhat elusive. Um, and one of the things that gosh, one of the things that has really tripped me up for a long time is the disease to please, being a people pleaser. And it's astonishing to me how deep that goes into codependency and feeling like I have to earn my place in the world, uh, that I don't deserve to be here just because I'm here, but that I have to earn that place. I have to earn people's love. I have to you know, I have to put all this work and effort uh, so people will like me. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into this for me. And I have, what I'm finding now is that because of all those old behaviors, um, I had to really bury a lot of myself um, so that I could pretend to be something or I could. Uh, mm-hmm. I could appear to be a certain way. Uh, I could, uh, it, it, you know, and, and so much of it wasn't even conscious. It's not like I would walk into a situation and say, okay, I'm going to put on this mask and I'm going to pretend and be this way. It was all, a lot of it was very unconscious. So the shift that's happening is Finding that and giving myself, because, you know, nobody can give it to me, but giving myself permission to be okay with me, with, you know, my shadow, my light, um, and letting go of a lot of the behaviors around pleasing others. Uh, And it's not like I'm putting myself then first, like, oh, I'm just going to please myself. It's really about not pleasing anybody, just being me. And Mm -hmm. of course, showing up with as much love and compassion and kindness as I'm capable of. Um, When my shadow does take over, making amends and 
you know, if people can forgive me, great. If they can't, then I don't feel anymore that that's my problem. You know, like I've made a mistake Mm -hmm. and I've asked for forgiveness. I've done what I can to clean it up. You know, and that's really all I can do. I can't be anyone other than who I am, even though I've Mm -hmm. really spent a lot of my life trying to make that be. And so the shift is, um, it's all about being my authentic self, giving myself permission to be that, and ultimately uh, being okay with that on on every level that that's that that's a good thing not like uh oh you know a resignation like oh i'm just resigned that i just you know i guess i have yes. to be me because i can't be anything else it's like it's really being grateful for me and who i am and how mm-hmm. i am and what i am um so and it's I can't describe how it's hard to put into words how extraordinary this shift has been for me and how much I wanted it. I didn't know how much I wanted it until mm-hmm. it started happening. Do you know what I mean? Or how much I needed it and yearned yes. for it. Yearned uh, for it. Yep. Yes. And that has been such a surprise because I, I, you know, I started out my spiritual journey 20 26 years-ish, 26-ish years ago, and started at self-loathing. Self-loathing was so separate from myself, did not like myself at all. And so now, you know, progressing to um, that surprise of that I actually yearn to be myself. That's, I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest surprise of all of this, you know. Yes. It's amazing. And you are describing yours, but it sounds like you're describing mine. <laughs> <laughs> and Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I know. I know. But it's it really has been so profound. And, yes, mm-hmm. for me as well, like a two-year stretch, with uh, varying levels of growth and turmoil, what have you. Um, but I I notice a lot of what you're noticing that, um, for me, uh, I realized that old emotions and anger were coming up to be released. A lot of that anger was at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wake up angry, and but I have to, you know, get moving and start my day. And so I was in the car, you know, on a, on a long drive, but I realized what was happening. It, I moved out of I just feel angry to, oh, that's old. That's from way back. All right, now you can just observe it, acknowledge it, release it. So mm-hmm. that was you know, and, and I feel gratitude for that. Like, oh, good, something's happening. Something something is happening to bring about change, finally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. memories were coming up. I said, okay, I know what to do with that. And I had this really interesting sensation where I could feel I was detaching from material things and also from mm-hmm. the past. And it was interesting because I could feel the cells of my body changing or rearranging energetically. 
Mm-hmm. And so as that occurred, like you, it was like, okay, these truths about me are emerging that I normally would have beaten down if they had yeah. emerged. Like, you know what? You're not so bad. No, that's not true. You know, all the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Right. But what I also noticed, especially lately, is that my patience level is at, like, an all-time low. And so things that I would normally be very, just very compassionate and in that space of, okay, that person is acting up or acting out or doing something I don't like, but I can I can be in that moment and not react. And it feels to me like, say you have this circumference of around 30 feet, and that's all the patience you hold for other people, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like that has contracted to like a two-foot radius, which is actually the appropriate radius. And so now my boundaries, say that that was my boundary, and now my boundary is so much closer to me that when people cross it, my reaction is closer to the surface. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I have to exercise self-discipline with concerted effort to not overreact to what's happening. And so that's a big change for me. But there was this other huge, profound revelation I made. And ever since, I have just been getting more and more calm and Mm -hmm. feeling a sense of wholeness. And it's interesting. So what happened was I was I was sitting and just feeling everything out with the shifts and with what's coming up in me. And I have to admit that not long ago, because of all the individual parts of the challenge that I've been in for a year or two now, I actually started to feel like my soul was out to get me. Have you ever mm. felt that way? I can't say that I have specifically, but I have certainly felt that about the divine. <laughs> Right. You know, that I'm being punished somehow. Well, I usually always held the line with, well, it's your soul, and I have this respect and the respect for the divine, but I needed something to blame for what I was going through. So it really was a palpable feeling, though. I was like, I think my soul is out to get me, like it's trying to kill me or something. But it was a terrible Mm -hmm. feeling, and I dismissed it as absurd because I firmly believe that the will of our souls is never out of accord with the will of God. Right? Yeah. But I worked my way through it. So what happened in that process is I was looking at this internal conflict I've been carrying around for years. And some parts of it are pretty obvious, while other aspects of it are very obscure or vague and we can't piece it together to say, okay, here's the solution to what I'm feeling or the conflict I'm having with myself. Right? So for, yeah. for me, the obvious part was guilt and resentment towards myself for disowning an important part of who I am at a young age, say around 19, 19 or 20. And that was the, the part of me that was the performer or that could um, step out and share uh, from soul level through music mm-hmm. with large amounts of people. But I discarded it out of feeling unworthy mm-hmm. of it. You know, and that was yeah. the, the purest yeah. expression of my soul. And because when I was mm-hmm. on stage, I would come alive. That yeah. was where I lived, basically. 
Mm, but I threw yeah. it away. And so for decades, I've tried to create a life where I can remain hidden in the shadows and not attract attention to myself and not share my true self with the world and be, quote, unquote, happy as it's defined by the ego or shadow. But no matter what I did, I couldn't fit in. I was constantly resisting the idea that I am different or unique or that there's anything divine about me, you know. And I couldn't yeah. feel confident in that being different from others and yet knowing that we're all the same. So it's mm-hmm. amazing how you struggle against, because I had to laugh as I look back, how we struggle against the guidance that's offered, such as, like when I, I think I might have told you how Jesus was pushing me out of my psychic closet and telling me to get out there <laughs> and give readings and, and do this. And it was it was funny because even though deep down that's what I wanted, I was still resisting because I wanted to stay in the shadows. And I was like, yeah. he's trying to push me out of the closet, and I'm hanging under the closet doorway with all four limbs like a cat. Like, right. No, don't push me out there. Yeah. But I gave in, and then you get comfortable, and it starts to work out, and you're like, okay, it's not so bad. You're all right. And then it becomes a source of joy. And then there's the humorous mm-hmm. adventure of when I was resisting closing down my classes to start the radio show. And Jesus said he needed me on a larger stage to reach more people. And I was like, what? You know? But I was I was kind of content where I was. And I was a little bit out in front, but not too bad and still kind of anonymous, right? And I wanted to yeah. remain in the shadows, despite the obvious fact that I'm capable of stepping out into the open and the fact that it's something I miss. It's a big part of me that's mm-hmm. missing, you know? Yeah. But I wanted, yeah. I wanted a different life. I wanted something benign, something like um, a house in the suburbs with a white picket fence and uh, two children and the dog in the yard, and that simply was not meant to be. And so I've had to come to an acceptance of that. And you get to this point where if I can't have that, then who am I, even though you might have a lot of clues? Well, that's part of, like, the stories you tell yourself about what your life should be like versus what your soul actually wants. And I noticed Mm. that it was – it was always accompanied with this constant wondering and frustration as to why I couldn't achieve what it was I was trying to create as a substitute for where I was being led, right. you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I felt like I had ruined my own life with a single decision not to pursue a career in a spotlight and deciding to just exist in a cave, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when you have a strong soul urge to do your part to help humanity, whatever that looks like for anyone, um, it can be, on a small scale, it can be on a grand scale. It doesn't matter what it looks like or how big you perceive it to be. You can't do that from the inside of a locked closet. You know? Right. Yeah. No, so, I, so I've been, yeah, I've been moving through this. It seems slowly to me, but when when this these energies started coming, it really sped up. It quickened. And so what the shifts have allowed me to realize now and and most recently with this profound uh, revelation that I had, it helped me to realize that denying your own truth or the divine urges of your soul, that is the divine part of us that we're talking about today, it leads you to carry through life this feeling of deep, this deep emptiness of longing for something greater than what you right. created. And so you feel empty. But so I was, I was sitting and I was thinking, I had this one profound moment, and then the truth just, like, emerged in my mind. And then I had a vision of looking through, like, a, a passageway, I think it was, 
And then there was a large stage. So I realized I was backstage looking out onto a large stage, and I was to walk out there and give a presentation of some kind in front of a large audience. And I realized that in that moment, that being out on that stage, out in the open like that, is actually where I belong. Mm. Yes. And I felt yes. an immediate shift in a holy instant of going from the emptiness of longing to the fulfillment of belonging. And that's what I've been searching for. I kept trying to fit into different scenarios in life. And there was never a chance that, a, that an office job was going to make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Never a chance. But that was the missing piece. And when I recognized my own willingness to step out of the shadow or out of shadow, my shadow, and into the light mm. or the spotlight, that's when a sense of peace and ease came over me. And I could feel myself coming into alignment with the will of my soul. And then the fear I had about the future subsided significantly. And it felt like my heart smiled, this long-awaited smile. And I realized that my soul wasn't out to get me. It was simply out to get my attention. Yeah. And for yeah. me, this is huge because now I'm feeling this experience of wholeness, of alignment. And it's probably the greatest breakthrough of my life. And so mm, in getting ready for this show, I had to laugh because it's funny what we do as human beings to deny our own destiny. But there's this great <laughs> saying that I love. And it's by Jean de la Fontaine, and it says that destiny often finds you on the path you took to avoid it. And, <laughs> and as, as I get more comfortable in this new uh, experience of myself, I realize that when it comes to embracing the divinity of your soul, what if you got to lose but the burden of your own discontent, which is largely about yourself? And so this huge burden has been lifted, and the shifts continue. I'm busy most of the time. But this was the revelation I had uh, not too long ago at all. It's only been a, about a week or two. That's what a difference. Amazing. That's what a huge. difference. That is huge. Yes, yes, it is. And um, I believe, and this is just something I was talking about this with a friend, recently and about in about 1999 when everyone was freaking out about the Mayan calendar and the millennial the 2000 and the world was going to end everyone was asking mother you know what's happening what's going to end she was like no 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 calm down the world's not going to end you're all going to be okay she said but what is going to happen what the new um, millennium is going to bring is an activation of a very, very specific energy. And that energy is transparency. Mm-hmm. And she talked for like years, like from 1999 to like 2001, 2002, she kept bringing it up. She was like, this is going to build and build and build so that people can't hide anymore. You won't be able to hide from your own self people mm-hmm. out in the world won't be able to hide from each other uh, she said it will become easier and easier and easier to discern the truth and for honesty to take a front row seat, seat. in your life and the lives 
around you, she said, and this energy, and this is what she, I don't know what Jesus would say about that from you, but she would tell everyone that this was one of the key energies that, um, that Jesus brought in his life when he was here. This is what he implanted in the earth and the world in our collective to be, to sort of sprout and, you know, and grow from 2000 forward. And she said that energy will have a huge impact on our ability to evolve as a species and as a race of beings. And so I think about that a lot, like ever since 1999, I think about that a lot and I see it. I keep seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. You see it out in the world with all the, you know, the Me Too movements and all, all these revelations mm-hmm. about people who've been in power and how they've consolidated power. And it's all just, I mean, they are struggling to keep their secrets. I feel like this whole, everything you just described, Charlotte, sounds to me, for me, like that secret life I was living. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid my what I know my soul is yearning to do I'm going to avoid it mm-hmm. because I have all these fears I have all this stuff so in order to do that you kind of have to be a double agent you have to be a secret agent you have to live a secret life you have to suppress yes. and repress so much mm-hmm. about yourself in order to function in that imaginary world that you have decided you belong in and I did this I did and have done the same thing and that's what is falling away because I cannot lie to myself as easily as I used to be able to do I cannot keep up the denial I can't keep (laughs) up the double life I can't keep leading a secret life because I, I just keep finding myself out you know, it seems like almost every day there's a new part of me that's like, mm, no, you're lying to yourself. Don't don't lie to yourself, Danielle. And it's not punitive. It's not punishing. It's not cruel. It's just like, nope, you're not being honest, sweetie. You know, just yeah. just be honest with yourself. It's okay. Just be yeah. honest with yourself and the people around you. It's okay. Yeah. And that is very uncomfortable and and very um i feel very vulnerable but at the same mm-hmm. time like you were saying it's that the feeling of fulfillment and like yes you are on the right track yes the more honest you are the easier it's going to be to just right. live that life that you are craving that you're yearning for and I don't even know what that means. I mean, you're you're having these amazing visions of being on stage, and I'm not sure what that means for me. But what I do know is that uh, it is critical. It's becoming. Let me just say, it's becoming critical that I live an authentic life because yeah. I know that when I am living in my truth. When I'm in honesty, when I am being um, just open with others, it is so much easier for me to be of service. Like, I have no possession about my own life, so I'm not interested in, like, I got to get my. When I leave the double life, 
I want to get mine. I, I get really irritated with people easily. Oh, I don't want to do that because why are they asking that of me? I, uh, yeah. And <laughs> I want to push people away. And mm-hmm. yet when I'm, when I'm living my life, my real life, my authentic life, I, I don't have as many worries that I'm going to run out of energy or that people are going to ask too much. Because when I'm me, I can say no. I don't mm-hmm. have that disease to please. I, I'm not I'm not worried about what other people are thinking of me and so I'm not trying to squish myself into some kind of mold or thing that I believe they want me to be in. It's so freeing. And yes. I find that my ability to serve it, it just grows exponentially. And I realize that I don't know about other people and I don't have to know about other people uh, now, but what I do know about myself is I'm here to serve love, devotion, and service. Those are my three states of being, I guess, if you want to call them that, my, my three um, guiding lights, my, you know, what I yearn for. That's what I yearn for is love, devotion, and service. Me Those too. are, when I'm in that, I'm home. I'm free. I'm, I'm me. Right. And it, there's there's nothing else that compares to that, that feeling. No, no. And that's what I wanted was freedom, freedom. And I kept yeah. crying for it without realizing that the real freedom, the real freedom I was looking for was freedom to get out from under the mask I had put on and then Mm -hmm. went out and tried to pretend I was happy inside when I wasn't, you know. And it takes a lot of effort to hide your light under a bushel. Everybody knows this. But in terms of what Jesus would have said to me back in 2001 when he came through, he didn't say anything about the new millennium. He didn't talk about transparency. It's basically what he did was he came into my cave, got under that bushel with me, and just sat and talked to me about what was mm-hmm. not true about me. And so mm-hmm. largely that was the beginning. He tried to tell me who I was, but I wouldn't believe him. I wouldn't believe I him. I love that image. I love that image, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Mother has told me over and over again that she cannot take away our pain because pain is a part of life but she can sit with us hold our hands and comfort us and help teach us how to alleviate our suffering because Mm -hmm. pain and suffering do not have to go together right and I love that image yeah yep I cried a lot. Um, There were a lot of nights where I just screamed into my pillow because I call that the summer of forgiveness. And forgiving myself was the hardest part. And and there were some nights where I didn't get a wink of sleep. I was up screaming, crying into a pillow. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And he says, what's the matter? I said, now I don't have any energy and I have to go to work. He said, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then I just feel this bolt of electricity go through me and I sit straight up. And I got through the day and. Everything was fine. I had plenty of energy, and I got home, ate my dinner, and collapsed and slept for 15 hours. So that's how it was. <laughs> but he was trying very hard and was very patient with me in trying to get me to see myself for who I really was. 
and yeah. reference so many points in my life. Look at what you did here. Look at what you didn't do here. Look at yourself through my eyes, not through your own. Yeah. Right. There you go. Right. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I, too, my story of emergence from that cocoon, that double yeah. life, has had quite a few temper tantrums along the way and the screaming and the crying and lots mm-hmm. of tears and snot and just, you know, I I don't know many people who who don't experience that, you know, and that, yeah. and, but the trick is, and I just wanted to share this with the listeners. I have found that the trick is that these temper tantrums and these bouts of crying and when they feel cathartic, I know that I'm breaking through my cocoon. When mm. they feel like they're just perpetuating the problem, that's another opportunity to be honest about them. To be like, am I just indulging in self-pity again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the temper tantrums coming from is depression, self-pity, you know, because it's different when I'm breaking out of that cocoon and I have a good cry or I have a good scream fest, I feel better. I feel lighter. I feel like, wow, I just moved some energy for sure. But if if I don't, if I feel sluggish and kind of gunky and I feel even more self-pity or I feel even worse than I know mm-hmm. I'm on, uh, you know, a cycle of self-indulgence that does right. not benefit me at all. Right. So I think it's about really just acceptance of self, releasing all the um, misperceptions and misinterpretations of who we are. It doesn't matter what you did. Yeah. And, and then just going with, and that's what they're trying to get us to do is to go get into alignment with our soul, with that divinity, with that spark, and move beyond shadow. And as for me, if they want me out on some huge stage, quite frankly, after all these years, I don't need, like, it's, it's not like I'm like, you know, oh, let me go get the attention of millions of people. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What matters is purpose. And if that's what they want me to do, then I can do that without even worrying about how many people are in the audience or how few or whatever. It's just that I show up and do what I came here to do. And that will be the freedom I'm really looking for, freedom to be who I am without, you know, talking to people on one level and then, Flipping into my apartment, into my office, and sitting there and talking to Jesus like I got the best secret in the whole world, you know? Yes, yes. It's a pretty cool secret. But he kept saying to me, never be ashamed of me, never be ashamed of me. And I would be afraid to admit that I had this connection with him. Because there were more things that would put me further away from normal people. Yeah. Yes, my there was a woman in um, Australia who has a radio show. Uh, she's so lovely, Angel Heart Radio. And she said to me once, she said, you were the reluctant channel. And I was like, yes, yes, I was. Because I was ashamed of being different. Yep. And, uh, you know, again, trying to please others. What if they didn't like me? If I, you know, and, and people did. I lost people in my life when I finally came out of the closet and was more 
you know, more upfront about who I am. And I stopped. I just tell anybody now, if they ask me what I do for a living, I used to make up stories or kind of skirt around the truth or yes. tell people mm-hmm. I taught meditation classes or, you know, all kinds of stuff that I did um, because I was afraid, afraid of, of people's judgment. And, uh, and of course, now that is shifting dramatically. Um, yeah. Shall I don't care we, what anybody uh, thinks now. It's great. Yeah. 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 I don't care what anybody thinks. She has yeah. to tell us. I care what she thinks. Let's hear what she has to say. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. Hold All on right. just a second, my dear. Okay. And I'll talk to you when you come back. Hello, beloved one. Hello. Welcome. Thank you, my love. It is wonderful to be here with you and all those that are listening. Yes. We are all one family in this moment. No matter when you listen, no matter when your moment comes, we are one. So today we are talking about the emergence of the authentic self, yes? Yes. Mm. So I'm going to focus more on the bigger, uh, broader picture with maybe a little bit of uh, focus on individual, right? But what I feel is important to convey today to all of you is what is happening in the energy of your world, right? So this uh, transparency that Daniel mentioned earlier, this is gathering more momentum. And the reason that this is happening is that it's going to give you the best chance the human race has of surviving, thriving, right? So you have all gotten to the point of critical mass in recognizing what the consequences are to yourself individually and all of you collectively and Mother Earth when you live such intensely separate lives. Separate lives from each other, 
separate lives from yourself and separate lives from your uh, natural world. So you have all come to a very critical place in your survival. And the only way that you will be able to survive is through transparency. Because what does transparency give? It gives you all the opportunity to accept what is. And acceptance is always the first step. If any of you that are listening are familiar with the 12-step programs of recovery from substance abuse or food addiction or all these other things, always starts with acceptance, right? And this energy of transparency provides clarity. And it's hard to move into acceptance when you don't have clarity, when you don't even see or recognize that there is a problem. So what's happening And this is very important for all of you to really hear with your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul, is that each one of you is vital to help with this whole process. So what does that mean? For you as the individual, every time you are willing to accept yourself as you are, that allows your authentic self permission to step forward, right? For the shifts that need to take place for your true self to emerge, to be your everyday self, to be the self from which all your life flows, no more hidden uh, self, uh, no more repression of self mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, energetically, physically, uh, all the different ways that you all repress yourself, opening those channels up. Every little tiny bit of movement along those lines, provides energy and hope for all the rest of the people in the world. It's as if energetically you are reaching back a hand to then help the next person forward. Whether you are on a stage addressing thousands, whether you are Uh, addressing your neighbor, whether you are helping to raise your children to be their authentic self, any, 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 and every, every, every way that you can bring this to fruition, it helps everyone because you all cannot survive without being connected, right? Let alone thrive, right? Right. So 
what's happening inside of all of you, this yearning, and some of you may not even uh, before today and listening to this program, you may not have even been able to identify what you've been yearning for. But when you have a yearning, that yearning is always going to have roots in the desire to be yourself. Maybe you yearn for love, right? the love of someone else. But you know, if you trace that yearning all the way back to its roots, you know that in order to have someone to love, you must allow yourself to be loved, which means you need to be your authentic self, right? You need to show that other person who you really are. That mm. is what generates longevity in relationships. Because if you are pretending to be someone you're not, and then the day always comes when you start to be more yourself, and they say, wait a minute, who's this? Mm. I don't know if I want to be with that person. Right? But the more you are your authentic self, the less time you waste on going through these relationships where you or the other person or both of you are hiding yourselves. And those are relationships that rarely survive. But when you are yourself, you are attracting to you people that want what you have. They want you. And they need you. They enjoy the love, the energy, the presence that is you. So each of you, as your authentic self, is a very dynamic individual. The soul is more present, vital. It is when you try to be someone else or when you repress yourself so deeply, that's when the sort of dullness takes over, that flat feeling, not really wanting to engage, wanting to spend more time with TV or with your nose in a book or reading about other people's lives but not really living your own because there is... That dullness, uh, that coating, that dull coating you put on yourself and over yourself to suppress that light of being that you are naturally. Right? And you sort of yeah. push your soul down to, uh, well, you all were using the closet analogy, right? You put yes. your soul yes. in a dark cupboard so that you don't have to feel those yearnings but the more you let that free the more you free your soul the more you free your mind your heart your body and all that that means that is when you become your authentic self and every moment that is spent in authenticity you are 
building the energy of this world. You are reconnecting people with other people. You are reconnecting yourself with others. You are reconnecting others with the environment, the natural environment. So your service is absolutely vital. And again, it's no matter how much or how little you do, but the fact that you are trying to grow along spiritual alignment, you are trying to discover your soul and what it needs and trying to bring that more into your life, this is where this is where the evolution of the human race lies. And I'll tell you why. Way, 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 way back when you all were in the cave and your instincts, you lived instinctually. Not a lot of time to sit around in contemplation or meditation. So much of life has been about survival. And so what happens when you are living instinctually is you have to have a very high degree of negative thought. Why is that? Because you have to figure out in the most simplest of terms the worst case scenario when you leave that cave so that you can prepare for those. You can take what you need out of the cave. You can make sure that everyone's okay before you leave the cave, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen, but way, 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 way way back, your lifespan was very short because, of course, you had no... Uh, in the beginning, no understanding of how to treat disease or injury or illness, Mm -hmm. viruses, bacteria, all of that. And um, so, so much of your life was caught up with just survival, fulfilling the basic instincts. And that has happened until recently. Right? Recently. With all your scientific advancements, yes, there is still worry and there is still fear, but there has been so much you all have figured out how to alleviate those worries and fears. There is so much that has been put in place by your modern society that you no longer require so much negative thought, right? You don't need to always go to the worst case scenario. That okay. bias does not need to dwell within you to the degree that it once did. So this is the evolution, right? In order for the human race to survive and thrive, you all need to learn to let go of so much of that negative bias, right? So you are 
not battling your instincts, but you are refining them. You are growing in a way that you still have to um, be aware of your life. You still have to pay attention to your healthy fears that help you to navigate. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things put in place that you don't have to worry about anymore every time you leave your cave or you leave your house, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But but that negativity is still there, pumping, 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 right? And for some people who are highly sensitive, you all are very, very aware of all this energy that is still flowing through the collective. So the evolution that you all are going through is to leave that behind and start to depend on your higher nature, right? So before, you needed to depend on the lower nature. You had to. You had to to survive. Mm -hmm. But now that's shifting. And now what works best now is depending on that higher nature. So for all of you that are listening, those of you that are seeking spiritual life, there's a reason for it. Not because you want to escape um, the pain of living, but this is a natural evolution, and you all are the pioneers of this evolution. You are leading the revolution, so to speak. And this is a love revolution. Love is a higher calling. It's a higher, more refined energy. But before, it was survival, right? Getting past the saber-toothed tigers, making sure there was enough to eat, making sure everyone was procreating enough so that you could continue as a race, right? Mm -hmm. That you didn't uh, die out. So all these things were very important, and they took up all the space in your minds, in your hearts, right? This one Mm -hmm. focus. But now... You all have very different focuses. And some of the way people are lost in this life is now they don't have to worry so much about all that they used to have to worry about thousands of years ago or millions of years ago. I don't have to think about that so much anymore. But now, what do you think about? Right? There are an entire planet full of people who are trying to evolve into the higher elements. They are yearning to evolve. They are feeling the call to that evolution. And they don't know how to do it. They don't understand what they're feeling. So they put more effort into making sure they have um, all the food they need. More effort into uh, getting that uh, certain someone so that they can have that version of security, making sure that uh, their children have what they need, Uh, more things, more security, more money, uh, bigger this, bigger that, right? Because if you don't have something so 
vital, so meaningful to focus on, you feel lost. And so you latch on to what seems obvious. So what you all are in the midst of is a very difficult shift globally in your evolution as a race of beings. It's not that you don't have to think about or focus on these lower needs. Absolutely not. But now it's time to focus on the higher needs and marry the two, right? To find that balance. So it's time to marry the two. So when you are seeking food, clothing, shelter, let it come from love. Seek those things, a mate, um, people to love, um, people to uh, engage with and connect with. Yes, all those things, your tribe, all those things, but they must come through the higher elements. The seeking must come through the higher elements. So you are seeking your tribe from love, not lack, from love. You are seeking your mate from love, not lack, not worst case scenario, but from love. Okay. You are seeking your financial gain, not from lack or worst case scenario, but from love. Does all that make sense? All I can say is, wow, it makes perfect sense, of course. And as I listen to you describe this on a global scale with the uh, lower, the lower nature to the higher nature, the lower instinct to the higher. Um, I'll, I'll use instinct or to uh, go from what you described as pretty much an animalistic existence yes. um, of of using the lower chakras and lower energy to survive, and the evolution of reaching or evolving higher into the higher centers and using them properly. Yes, and the heart center, heart center is what connects the two. Right. So you have seven centers, Mm -hmm. three lower, three upper, and the heart connects them. So the bridge, the connection must be love. Right. right. That's the way to go. Yes, indeed. And, and that's what I'm seeing in my mind as you, as you describe this enormous evolution with the human race. It's an exciting time to be alive, beloved ones. Very exciting. Because you can watch it all happening in real time. And there are people, young souls, that are very uh, still um, very much about shadow and Mm -hmm. wanting to explore shadow and really sticking to the lower uh, energies 
the denser vibrations, um, and they are going to fight hard for dominance to continue. Uh, But I want to end with this interesting sort of uh, reminder to everyone. If you think back about the uh, evolution in, uh, or revolution in India that was led by Gandhi, right? Mm-hmm. And what they wanted is they wanted independence from British rule, right? Mm-hmm. What is known today as colonialism. Now, India, as you all know, has an enormous population, enormous population. Mm-hmm. And towards the end there, or really to all of it, there were so few British people in positions of power compared to the millions and millions of the population. But what I want to leave you with is a reminder that the people who are deeply mired still in shadow and again not that they're bad or wrong they are new souls they are young souls it's how it works on this reality structure Mm -hmm. not to uh, demonize them or even blame them but they will oftentimes seek positions of power And they can often have a gift of really being able to use the lower energies to remind your old cave-dwelling self of all the worst-case scenarios, to keep you mired in the worst-case scenario every day, all the time, all the time. But they... That's right. They have the way out. They have the solution. Of course, they never do, but they can keep you so focused on fear and worry about leaving that cave that you don't remember that you have all this love, these higher energies, that you are the majority They are the vast minority. And when I say vast minority, I mean that. The majority of people on the planet are good people. People who are much more attracted to love than to fear. But there are also people who just may not They are just like you. They are struggling with this evolution. But remember, beloved ones, no one can take your freedom away from you unless you give it away, unless you willingly surrender your freedom. You can be locked in a closet, in a cell. You can be in the midst of abuse. Mm. It's not freedom. Freedom comes from within, and no one can ever take that from you. So if you are willing 
to work with the higher energies, to embrace that, to let go of that old negative bias that says, better live in worst case scenario because the worst case scenario might happen. Every moment you choose not to live there, but to live in love, to live in possibility and freedom, you not only serve yourself deeply, but you serve the world. Yes. I love you all. We love you, Mother. Be kind to yourselves. Keep each other in compassion and in kindness and love. And I promise you, this evolution, this revolution, this love revolution, will change your world. Namaste. Namaste, Mother. Thank you. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. That was... Uh, I could see yeah. that so clearly as she was talking. I could see that yeah. so clearly. Oh, my goodness. It was one of those things that you don't pick it apart. You don't need to ask a question. You just sit and absorb every bit of it. Just listen yep. and absorb it. Yeah. Yeah, I so, I did think to ask a question, but you know what? I don't need to. We know the answer. It was about those <laughs> younger souls who find their way into power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, think. Um, I don't know if you use the word. I don't use it often, but think of uh, younger souls as um, more cold-blooded than those mm-hmm. who had many more incarnations that brought them into the sun and the light of God. So they're warmer. Those are the compassionate. So um, I, was, I thought to ask, well, aside from holding light for them, what else can we do? But I guess that's the answer. And, and also just continue to remember, uh, like in India, you know, that we are in the majority Yes. So we do have the power. And, you know, what did they do in India? They just stopped showing up for stuff. Like that was one of Gandhi's most effective tools. Like people just went on strike and they were like, yeah, no, mm-mm, we're not showing up for you guys anymore. And uh, they just sit there. And it was really hard for the British because the British were, you know, they were certainly um, – well, they had their own pride and arrogance and a lot of hubris to, you know, they took over a lot, big parts of the of the planet. 
but yeah. individually, you know, they were they were good people, and they and not that many people were shot and brutal. Many were brutalized. I'm not I'm not making this easy, but it wasn't like the Indians were fighting a war, and that's what the British knew, right? They knew guns and warfare and fighting, and yes. these people were just sitting around, and they were like, nope. Mm-mm. We're not going to work because we're not going to work for you anymore. <laughs> we're not going to. We're just not going to participate in your vision of our country. We have our own vision, and we're going to start living that vision. And it doesn't include you. And it's like, oh my goodness, we could do that. That's you know interesting. I mean? Yes, because I don't know a whole lot about that. So you just shared a lot that makes a lot of sense and fills in the blanks for me, right? But what I've been thinking about is encouraging people to live their lives in a way that speaks volumes to power, that says you can't control us like this anymore. Yeah, that's right. Because it's all about money. Mm -hmm. And consumerism and, and, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like just, when you mentioned earlier uh, in the today that you're losing um, your attachment to things, and I've been yes. experiencing the same thing. I've been experiencing that for quite a few years now, and um, and it's it's astonishing how it it has given me a lot of freedom. You know, just a lot of freedom, and. Um, and I think there's power in that, you know, that I'm not controlled by consumerism. And it sounds very common and banal, and I think it is, but it was a big controlling energy in my life, having mm-hmm. things, certain kinds filling of things. Filling that void. Yeah. Yes, trying so to fill filling a void. Hole, for sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with things. And That's why uh, I'm so excited about it. Yeah, just letting go of that to any degree, it takes power, you know, away from um, certain dynamics that are very controlling to large mm-hmm. populations of people. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, there's a new way. I think that marriage of the higher and the lower energies through love it's going to create a different reality for all of us. And I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, the movie version of the Garden of Eden or Utopia, uh, but I do believe that we have the ability to solve a lot of the problems that we are experiencing in living on the planet at this time. And I do believe that I hear her. I think it will come through love. I do. It has to. But I think we're all waking up to the idea, number one, that, and this is largely for uh, all of us in the United States, uh, we have listeners around the world, but obviously there's a problem here. Um, Yeah. what What we're waking up to is that with all the people that are in government or in power, we outnumber them by far, just as yeah. Mother described that scenario. And so when I think about uh, there are businesses, I will not spend money uh, 
such as, and I'll name them, I don't think there's a legal issue, there's a couple of uh, very popular pizza chains, but they were owned by the same person. And I don't buy their pizzas because they had a policy in the 80s where they were hiring inexperienced teenage drivers to make sure that pizza got to the person's home within 30 minutes where they had to pay for it themselves. And on average, on average, they came up with an average. On average, 17 kids a year died delivering that pizza. Hmm. And so money is energy, but it's also the the energy of power. And so if we outnumber the government and we say, you know what, I don't like that the tax on this item is so much higher than than it needs to be or – there are certain things I will not participate in because I know it's designed to bring more money to the government. So I would love to see that gain momentum. And we're seeing the momentum, like you mentioned earlier, the Me Too movement. People are starting to say, no, we are not as powerless as we believe. That's we can right. take this power or, or back. as others have tried to convince us we are. Exactly. And so yeah. it feels right to me that it's heading in that direction. And it will come from love because people are going to wake up to we are not being governed or even cared about. We are being controlled. Yep. Badly. Yep. And it's becoming quite apparent in the manner yep. in which we are being controlled. So with that transparency, with the momentum of love, I can certainly see this. And I will now agree that, yes, this is an exciting time to be alive. Because when she first said that, I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> haven't come around yet. <laughs> but that is exciting to be able to see it firsthand in 3D, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm. Wow. Fabulous conversation with you and fabulous discourse from Mother. Just listen to it over and over. Absorb it. Take it in. Um, Indeed. And it's and it's rather simple to live in love, possibility, and freedom. Freedom, and I, and I feel inspired to really embrace that because of the shifts we're going through, because the the change mm-hmm. I feel in me, you know, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you know, but think about the different types of power that you have and how you can apply it to good, and we'll see the changes. I guess we'll be talking about it over the years, right? Yes, we will. Okay. Well, thank you, Danielle, once again, for your time and your service and your wisdom. Uh, BelovedPublications.com is where you want to go to learn more about Danielle and Mother Mary's uh, work that they do together. And SpiritualInsightsRadio.com if you'd like to hear all the divine transmissions with Mother Mary and Archangel Metatron. Well, thank you once again, and I will be speaking with you soon. You are so welcome, Charlotte. Thank you, as always, for honoring me with this opportunity to be with you and all of your listeners. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, everyone. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.